0: This is Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, the Channel Nomics podcast that connects you with channel chiefs, thought leaders, and executives about what it takes to get the next generation of tech to market. Here's your host, Larry Walsh, the CEO and Chief Analyst of Channelnomics. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to Changing Channels. As the lady said, I'm Larry Walsh. Uh, today, we're here to talk about cloud services. It's a topic we visit frequently because it is, it's is—it's something that is just on everyone's mind about not just where we are today, but where we're going. Uh, the channel is and will remain the best way of getting products to market and reaching customers. And this is true even in services models like cloud. According to our research here at Channelnomics, the average solution provider, be it a reseller or a solution provider, generates at least 20% of its revenue from the sale of cloud-based services. Among the more popular and pervasive cloud offerings in the channel are productivity suites, such as Office 365 for Microsoft, and backup applications. Now, what makes these applications so popular amongst partners? Well, they're very familiar. Solution providers worked with these applications before in the on-premises world in various forms. When these apps moved to the cloud, the channel followed with great success. What cloud services aren't as highly penetrated among partners are the more advanced applications, such as customer relationship management and enterprise resource management. Now, CRM and ERP are essential applications to business. As businesses digitally transform their operations, they need advanced cloud-based applications that can automate processes, maintain accurate records, and facilitate better customer experiences. The challenge that many businesses face is setting up and operationalizing these advanced cloud-based applications. Many digital transformation and advanced cloud application products, projects fail because customers don't have the expertise or skills, skilled resources to bring their vision into reality. And this is where they need partners with skills and expertise to help them get the most out of their investments. The challenge many partners face is the same as the customer, the lack of experience and resources. Building practices beyond common cloud applications takes time, money, and most importantly, the acceptance of risk. Many vendors provide support to to partners that smooth and do risk the process, making the development of new cloud practices more palatable. The truth though is advanced cloud applications represent a big opportunity for solution providers. The underpenetration by partners and the need of customers for support creates a tremendous opportunity. And as they say, where there's mystery, there's margin. And joining us on Changing Channels are two people who spend their days dispelling mystery about how partners can get into cloud services. They are Craig Kruskus, the Cloud Solutions Architect at Microsoft, and Matt Batterby, the Global Head of Business Applications at Ingram Micro Cloud. Welcome to the uh, Changing Channels, guys. Hey, thank you. Matt, where did, what's the interest you're seeing amongst partners for services? Now, you know, so channelomics and Inger MicroCloud, we recently did our annual state of the cloud channel uh, report. It found that that the average partner's share of wallet or the, the amount of money that they're generating from cloud services is 21%. And it's trending up and it has been trending up for a while. But the source of that revenue is not even. It's not evenly distributed amongst the technologies or products. What do you see in terms of interest beyond the more common cloud applications?
1: Definitely a, a huge interest in terms of services from a, a dynamics perspective. The 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 services opportunity is so much more than any of uh, of the Microsoft clouds. Um, you know, we're really seeing these partners able to offer more services, more support, but also just from a an all-up CRM or ERP market perspective. You know the CRM is the fastest growing SaaS market on the planet. The the opportunity is is absolutely huge. Uh, you know, scheduled to be around a two hundred billion dollar industry uh, by twenty twenty four. But we are seeing these partners really wanting to. Expand into these new areas, and that's what it is. It is expansion. I mean, even when you look at Ingram Micro Cloud, how many partners that we look after? You know, it's a fraction of that that are currently doing Dynamics 365, uh, and also just the opportunity in the customer base. You know, 98% of all Microsoft 365 users globally don't use Dynamics. Uh, and I don't know what the updated number is on the number of active daily Teams users. I think there's about 150 million, probably more than that now. Um, so if you think about 2% of them are using Dynamics and the rest aren't, there's a huge, huge opportunity. And those opportunities aren't really the same when it comes to Microsoft 365. You know, you could argue Azure, there's still huge potential with, with Azure. Uh, but you know, when it comes to CRM, ERP, we're also seeing that as far as tech trends in 2022, you know, the a big area of focus for these organizations is data, AI, automation, and you know, that all stems from a good CRM or ERP solution, enabling, you know, better productivity, more automation, and also, Somewhere to actually harness that data from, and you know, consume that data and actually use it for things like actionable insights and so on. So, when you look at all these different trends and statistics, you know, the markets there, um, and we are seeing all the time more and more partners, uh, you know, transacting their first Dynamics customer uh, and then growing organically on that. So, we are seeing more and more interest than ever before. If we'd have gone back. You know, even two years uh, to speak to some of these partners that have never done Dynamics before, it's a hard conversation. Uh, right now, it's, its you know, it's, it's not that much of a hard conversation. And I think some of that comes from the market. Some of that comes from the resources available to help partners from Microsoft, from Ingram, uh, but also... Just everything that's happened over the last two years and the way that the market's gone, it's really clear now that the opportunity is there. Because I think actually more more than ever, partners are experiencing themselves. They need better CRM systems internally uh, and ERP solutions as well and having to uh, cope with hybrid and remote working. So uh, there's, there's so much more opportunity now.
0: Yeah, and I see it too. I mean, because again, the digital transformation wave is just going to keep rolling. Uh, One of the things that we've noted through the past two years of the pandemic is the trends that we saw unfolding before accelerated and they're becoming essentials. But the thing we saw before, Craig, was that much as what Matt was just describing, is that partners were not investing in the more advanced applications like Dynamics 365. They were very much wedded to Office 365 and other similar applications that were more addressable for them. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it that was holding them back? And it was as Matt's saying is that the market may be dragging them in the, the, you know, the trend lines may be pulling them along now, but what held them back before and what do they need to do to build a successful practice around something like Dynamics 365?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that there was fear, right? I mean, you talk about the title of demystifying, there was fear in getting into a business that you had absolutely no experience in. And to Matt's point, right, we didn't have necessarily the tools or the resources to, to stand up a new partner who's never sold a business application before. But what I kept seeing is partners who got, t- who were, who had background in say, for example, manufacturing, and they would consult and consult. And then when it came time to talk about an accounting system or uh, an MRP system, or an ERP system, they would hand it over to somebody else And at some point it becomes, well, why am I handing that over? I have the relationship. Why don't I make money and build a services practices around that? And so I was starting to see more and more M365 partners getting involved. And again, we had the resources and tools to onboard them. And the other thing too, is you're from a customer need point of view, these systems of records. I mean, we talk about ERP and CRM sometimes interchangeably as, Hey, these these rigid monolithic applications that do a great job of automating business processes. But as an end user, like we use the term information worker, right, or individual contributor, I'm used to working in Teams and Office and Word and Excel. And that's where I want to perform my job. So what continues to be happening for us on the Dynamics platform is a blending of those platforms. So you have that rigidity of a structured world in business applications, but you had the unstructured world that you and I work in. And where I'm seeing that conversion so much is in all of the Dynamics applications working together to to blend in with Teams and Word. And I could do my job in Excel and hit a button and upload transactions into a system of records such as the ERP application. So right. yeah, that's a big, big change that's been happening over the
0: years. Yeah. And I do see this though, is that there is a you are right, you know, there is a comfort level. And I have to say I miss I misspoke of it as saying Office 365, it is Microsoft's three sixty five for commercial users. Um, but I do see that there is a growing demand because as the customer experience becomes more prevalent as a value proposition, that the customers are seeking the expertise, and you're right, they're opening up that opportunity. So, where do we start with the partners? What is it to, you and know, Craig, I'm going to stick with you on this because you you spent a lot of time thinking about these issues. What is it that, what is it the methodologies or the models that need to be adopted by partners in order to take those first steps and build a practice of success?
2: Yeah, I, I would say it's first and foremost is, hey, what is your opportunity? How are you going to make money? And I have built together, I've put together tools over the years in terms of partner onboarding and steps around executives and marketing and salespeople and consulting. I mean, all of that needs to be considered in terms of how are you going to go to market? But ultimately, it's how are you going to make money? you know? And and again, I see so oftentimes partners get involved in this, but they don't think about the packaging. How am I going to package this up? if you're in it to just sell a SKU and just to add, Hey, I want to sell ERP, I want to sell a CRM application. That's the wrong opportunity. And you're never going to make money on this. If you think about it kind of a three year, five year, maybe 10 year long-term strategy, how am I going to build these recurring business and making sure not only do I sell new seats, but how am I going to make sure that the renewal process maintains and I have this annuity business, going forward. But again, I, I go back to it. I'm going to get into this. If I know how to make money, how, what's my margins on it? And don't just sell SKU. you know, think about adding a team's license. Think about adding your IP. And let's say, for example, you are focused in healthcare, or financial services. Partners seem to be intimidated sometimes about charging for their IP when they don't need to right, they can make a, a greater opportunity when you think about packaging all of this up together with Dynamics 365. And again, it could be ERP, it could be our CRM application, it could be power platform as Matt was saying, you know, thinking about replacing some of the legacy apps that these customers are using, uh, all that together just makes such a, a, a beautiful story for a new partner who's raising their hand and again, we have so many, so many resources available. We have partners like Matt who've put together programs. We have programs. Uh, getting certified in the product is another great way to kind of hang, you know, on your office and say, hey, we're certified in the product and we can start to sell it.
1: And yeah. um, one thing I'll just uh, add to, to that as well. One thing that I found in trying to get a partner to really understand that opportunity in the beginning. It's just trying to get them to change the way they speak to their customers. So a typical Microsoft 365 reseller, we find it's really technology driven. It's a tech led conversation. If we can uh, transform that into more of a business led conversation, you know, understanding their customer, what do they want to do over the next three years? Do they want to grow? Do they want to stay where they are? Um, you know, and what's holding them back from achieving that growth? We can get customers talking about those sorts of things they'll open up and they will talk about oh well you know today we use we use excel as our finance solution and and those kind of things they start to open up and talk about it and you know your reaction there larry is perfect it's a little bit of a laugh and kind of hearing because you know it's true you know it happens um and this is where um when i've told partners just to go and have conversations with some of their you know biggest customers for example and just understand you know understand them as a customer understand them as a business in a way that they don't today and they come back to me with the answers of those questions it's kind of okay you've got a crm opportunity or you've got an erp or you've got both um you know they're using excel for something they're using something else for something else they've got data siloed off they've got salespeople using multiple tools uh that they're spending 70 percent of their time not selling they're doing admin work all these kind of things so you know, in the first instance as well, just getting a partner to, to change up the conversation uh, can be really impactful.
0: So, Matt, you and Ingram Micro cloud do this not just with Microsoft, but with a number of other companies that are doing, you know, have the same ambitions of getting partners that have cloud practices or want to expand upon those practices. What are you doing to facilitate that conversation you're talking about? What are you doing? Because that's a, you're absolutely right. I, I think that part of the, A big part of the problem why these projects don't go over well with the customer or the customer doesn't perceive it goes over well is because they do start off as a technology conversation when they're always about business process and business outcomes.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is it. So I think we've done a good job over the last couple of years of building out training programs, again, utilizing what Microsoft provide as well, but we've created our own training programs to try and simplify things. Um, you know, the, the one big thing, Craig mentioned it before, around the fear of dynamics. And, you know, if we said to a partner, you know, oh, we'll, we'll train your sales team in dynamics, it will just take eight hours. That's that's going to put them off straight away. So we've developed training that we can deliver in an hour or even sometimes 30 minutes to help them just, have that sales conversation. And we found that that's become more attractive to a partner wanting to dip their toe in the water um, and have a, a you know, and understand a bit more of the opportunity and, and in their customer base as well. So, you know, that's something that we found is just by enabling them lightly um, and trying to, sh- like I say, shift that focus from uh, tech led to a business led conversation. And then it doesn't matter if they're a Microsoft partner or you know, another vendor partner, they can get their customers to open up about dynamics opportunities. Hey yeah. Matt, hey
2: Matt too, you and I have spoken about this before and in some of the training we've done, but there's the fear of that if you don't have that conversation, there is another partner right in the back of the line who will have that conversation with your client. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. It's an aggressive market now. <laughs> yeah. So, Craig, you
0: you know, you, you actually are like reading my mind on that because. Oh. <laughs> No, because we hear this frequently, particularly amongst companies, it doesn't matter whether they're a partner or a vendor that are making the transition from a legacy transactional model to a services based model that they don't have the right salespeople or their salespeople can't, whatever the next, you know, whatever comes after that. And they often say that, that, oh, we got to refresh the entire sales team or we have to stand up a parallel team. What do you think it takes to actually get that sales engine built and running? Do you need to, you know, is it a refresh of your sales team? Do you have to go through extensive reconditioning of your salespeople, or is it a little bit of both?
2: Probably a little bit of both and yeah. actually a combination of marketing. I mean, when I think about the the change in the sales behavior, and this is no, you know, not foreign to anybody here on the call. Uh, while salespeople are used to selling these large hundred thousand dollar, five hundred thousand dollar deals and waiting for the big paycheck, you know, it's up to the owners to think about how do we motivate and incentivize those sales folks to, you know, again be rewarded for opportunities. But what I also have seen not change as rapidly is satisfying the needs of that prospect or the customer by delivering digital assets on your website, as an example, right? Providing kind of a sales structure so that, as we know, these customers know where to find and and research applications. So they're they're coming typically to our sales teams, 50, 60, 70% qualified. They know the solutions they want. What's missing is I need to find the right partner who knows my industry or my vertical, my business exactly the way it is to make sure that I have that true partnership. So it isn't just Larry, the the training of salespeople and having a dedicated sales team. I think maybe three or five years ago when we were first getting our story together at Microsoft, that was the case. But I think it's up to again, ownership to think about the rewarding factor but it's also, you know, how are you selling to the anonymous buyer who has no idea who your salespeople are so that when they come to you and they actually pick up the phone, they already know, hey, these guys know discrete manufacturing. They are a food processor and they've got their story baked. I just wanna make sure it's a good partner for us.
0: Yeah, no, I, I hear what you're saying, Matt. You know you mentioned this about the the need for for getting change in the conversation, but changing the conversation isn't enough. It's also recognizing when the conversation should start. So what do you see are the triggers that partners should be looking for that open the open the opportunity to have a conversation about more advanced applications like like Dynamics 365.
1: I actually think now um, Microsoft have just gifted partners, in particular Microsoft now, with an opportunity to go and speak to every single one of their customers with the new commerce experience. Um, you know, with this change that's happening with Microsoft licenses, we should be encouraging partners to go and speak to their customers about the licensing changes. But why stop there? Why does it have to be if a customer is using a particular Microsoft 365 SKU today, their business premium? Um, why does it, when we move into the new commerce experiences, why does it have to be business premium? Why is it not E3, E5? Why are we not, uh, you know, why is the customer not wanting to upgrade and and have that conversation and then widen that conversation as well into um, the the conversation we talked about, business-led processes, those kind of conversations and open up Azure opportunities, open up dynamics opportunities, so have more of a customer review. Um, That wouldn't have been my answer uh, months ago, but now with the with Microsoft new commerce experience, essentially all partners need to go and talk to their customers. So now it's about kind of owning that conversation and turning it into more of a customer review, a licensing review, uh, and understanding more about their, their customer and the opportunity that sits with them.
0: Yeah. So Craig, we're talking about, we've been talking about the beginning of this process, which is understanding what the market opportunity is engaging with the customer differently, helping them understand what's available to them in terms of a next level cloud solution. But what comes after that? What is the post-sale side of this engagement? What are the other skills and resources that the partners need to bring to the table to help the customers get the most out of these investments?
2: Well, it's probably the biggest gap after that, and that is how am I gonna implement this, right? It's one thing to have a fear of getting in from a IT conversation to a CFO. It's another to think about how am I going to actually implement this? And I know we at Microsoft have programs to do a peer-to-peer partnership where we help organizations who uh, want help in terms of guidance, thinking about how do we package up, our implementation or even doing a white label, where as an example, there's an organization behind the scenes doing that implementation for you and you're shadowing them to go forward. So, I mean, that to me is probably the, the biggest challenge for most organizations say, okay, I get what Larry, Matt and Craig, you're saying, I see the business opportunity, the dollars are in my eyeballs, but From a legal perspective, I want to make sure that I know what I'm doing and not get into trouble and making sure there's a successful implementation. I mean, you kicked it off from the beginning, right? The biggest failure in this industry, and I've been doing this for Microsoft for 21 years, it's user adoption, right? So how do we get users adopted using the product and making it easier? We do that in product, I think, very, very well. I've seen some of our ERP applications becoming more and more kind of guided tours and, and inset videos. Uh, but again, we need to make sure partners are trained and certified to make sure that their implementation goes forward. And I'm sure, yeah. Matt, I know you guys have programs in place as well to make that successful for the partner.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, we deliver training workshops uh, all the time, uh, enabling them to understand how to use the applications. And again, sometimes using tools, uh, almost I call it cheating, uh, like CDX from Microsoft, where you can use a PowerPoint presentation instead of having actually a demo tenant set up. You know, there's all these different tools that are in play to help Um, users help partners really understand the application and how to use it. Uh, And we're seeing more and more partners actually developing their own IP around training and user adoption. Uh, There's some incredible uh, websites out there from partners, completely free to use with thousands of videos constantly getting updated um, that enabling... um, users within the dynamics community to just stay up to date and make sure that you know any shortcuts that are available they're, they're there when they're available and they can find them um so yeah and like i said like craig said the programs that we have set up it's to make sure that we're keeping our partners as up to date as possible if, if microsoft release a new update or anything at all any new program or any uh workshops that craig's doing they go straight into our partner teams channel Uh, So we're telling all of our partners that are in Dynamics at mass in Teams and it's all that they're using anyway. Um, So we're not flooding them with emails, it's just nice, it's easy to consume. Um, So there's there's so much that we're doing as well alongside Microsoft to uh, improve user adoption. So guys, we've laid out a lot of
0: information here, a lot of great insights in terms of what the opportunity is and what do we need to do to capitalize it. So, Craig, Matt, you know, think about this. You know, a partner comes up to you. They could be a new partner doing a clean start. They could be an existing partner that has a lot of history in the business, but they want to know where. Do they, what's their first step? So, where do they go first, Craig?
2: In my opinion, the first start would be go to our landing page, dynamics.microsoft.com. It is the entry point of all of the applications and getting started you know, starting up a trial uh, again, when we've talked about and kicked off this conversation, and I know we both alluded to it, all three of us have ERP and CRM. When I started at Microsoft, when we first started buying our first ERP applications, you know, we grew into four client server ER- ERP applications and one CRM application. If you go to dynamics.microsoft.com today and click on products, You'll see there's over 30 applications. And so this business has expanded way beyond what it started out to be as. And whether it's mixed reality or AI, and, and again, field service marketing project, find the applications that complement what you do well and that complement the services that you're already providing to your customers. And to me, that would be the single point of starting. Go to dynamics.microsoft.com click on even try up, get a trial going and, and think about how you kind of test around and play around with what these products can do. Very good, Matt.
1: And then for me, I, I couldn't agree more with uh, what Craig said there around going to that, that main website, but then also it's making sure you're partnered with a good indirect provider partner as well. Um, you know, there's a lot of resources on top of that. Uh, you know, I really like the, the partner transform website from Microsoft you know, enabling partners to have the right resources at the right time to build a practice, go to market and then win opportunities. All these different resources that are available, the cloud enablement desk, um, there's, there's other programs available through Microsoft, uh, could be ISV connect and uh, you know, fast track and all these different programs enabling partners to, to go to market. But it's a lot, it's a lot to take in, uh, you know, simply going on and uh, I'll, I'll say Bing searching as uh, Craig's on with me, uh, but going on and searching online for these resources, it's gonna be hard to find them all. Like I say, we, we use our partner teams channel, all those resources are in one place. So, you know, you're not missing anything as a partner. Um, so making sure that you're partnered with with the right indirect provider to to guide you on that journey um, is is definitely another great place to to start. Um, you know we're like I say we're enabling more and more partners to go to market for the very first time with Dynamics. It's a huge passion of mine. I absolutely love doing it. I love seeing partners transact that first uh, that first customer and, and getting them to the next level. Um, so if you can if you can find a good partner that's going to enable you to do that, then for me that's the the second place to go, you know, it's understanding the products, going on uh, dynamics.microsoft.com, understanding those products, but then, uh, you know, understanding uh, how, how to get from A to B, or even A to Z. <laughs> or, or
2: Z. Yeah. We,
0: we can say that here too, Matt. So, you know, I, I want to thank you both because you know, and I have to say is that Channelnomics, we work with Microsoft, we work with Ingram Micro Cloud, two great organizations and true great leaders in terms of cloud transformation in the channel. Um and, the, and we've talked about this. There's a lot of opportunity in cloud computing and Ingram Micro Cloud, Microsoft, and Google Workspace are supporters of Channel program to measure and identify these opportunities and trends for solution providers who are trying to get in or maximize their opportunities in the cloud. So, you know, please check out our research and our guidance that we provide through Inger Micro Cloud's website. I want to thank our guests, Craig Prescus of Microsoft and Matt Batterby of Inger Micro Cloud for joining us today, guys. Great conversation, great insights. And I really appreciate you being here.
1: Thank you very so much. Thank you.
0: And I want to thank all of you for joining us again on Changing Channels. You know, technology is changing the world and we're tracking those changes here at Channelnomics. So keep stopping by to find out what's happening in the channel and beyond. Until next time, I'm Larry Walsh. Thank you for joining Changing Channels with Larry Walsh, a production of Channelnomics, with the support of our production team at Modern Podcasting. If you've enjoyed today's episode, hit the like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and share with your friends. For more information about Channelnomics services and insights, follow us on Twitter and YouTube and check out our website at channelnomics.com. Channelnomics is a registered trademark of and Changing Channels is copyright by 2112 Enterprises, LLC.